On today's episode, I'm bringing on a technical marketing engineer who will help give you a, an insight into a day in the life of what she works on, how she creates compelling content, how she connects sales and R&D together, and what a love letter to an electronic component might look like. Interested? You'll also hear how to build a social media following that transcends one brand or one application. Let's do this. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in reaching technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues, friends, and clients of mine who will stop by to share their stories. And I hope that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a brief shout out to my agency, True Marketing. True is a full service agency located in beautiful Austin, Texas, serving highly technical companies. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now on with our podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Content Marketing Engineered. I'm joined today by Jordan Yates. She's the marketing engineer for Knowles Precision Devices. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Ever since we met in person back in February, I'm just like, when is she going to have me on? I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, girl, you were at the top of my list. So it, it was never an if, it was always a when. So I'm happy you're here. And you are a fellow Texan and a Red Raider, right? Got to put up her yes, guns. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, My Let's see, my grandfather is a Red Raider and my mom. So wow. uh, I have some of that in, in my blood there. Uh, good. Well, Jordan, I'm so excited to talk to you today to just, just kind of hear a little bit about your career journey and what you do at Knowles as a, a, both an engineer and a marketer, because that role is, it can be pretty unique from organization to organization. And then I know at Knowles, you guys are pushing the envelope when it comes to content marketing. You've had a lot of successes with it and also doing some pretty innovative things. And you personally are doing a lot of innovative things in personal branding. So we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, so let's start off with, okay, you graduate from Texas Tech with a degree in? Mechanical engineering. And then what next? Oh, goodness. So I would say my career started sort of while I was in school because that's where I got my first taste of engineering and marketing. So when I was like 20 years old, I was the marketing specialist for an oil and gas service company. And that was my first time where I was like, okay, I'm using marketing sales skills and technical skills, but my technical skills weren't really existing quite yet. So it was kind of like faking it till I became it. And that was kind of my first touch there. Then I did a lot of oil and gas and then, you know, got super lucky and graduated right in the midst of the pandemic. So after I graduated, I took like a huge 180 and did industrial automation because that's all that was hiring. And so ended up down that route. And then eventually where I am today as a marketing engineer for Knowles in the component manufacturing space. So it's been kind of a foot in both doors of like manufacturing, oil and gas, and then somehow tying sales and marketing into each and every one of my roles. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, I hate to say it this way, but you're an engineer with a personality, you know, and that's a, that's a special combination of, uh, and so I'm glad that you found that path because it's a valuable mashup of skills in my opinion. You know, the, the troubling thing about that, that I realized recently is, I am so used to being around engineers and being considered an engineer with a personality that I kind of realized that as a regular human, I lack a bit of regular soft skills because (laughs) I'm so used to being like having a big head thinking, oh, I have great soft skills for an engineer. And now I'm like, I need to step it up and compare myself to regular people (laughs) and make my soft skills a little bit better. And then I, that's kind of my goal right now is no longer is the bar soft skills for an engineer. It needs to be soft skills for just anybody. So that's my current goal right now. (laughs) This great awareness, self-awareness right there. Good, (laughs) good. And, and, and mine is like always slow down, just slow down, be aware, be in the moment. (laughs) Uh, so we we all have our personal growth goals. Uh, well, Jordan, one of the things that uh, that struck me. So I, I heard you present during the ERA conference, and and you told this great story about a uh, your welding hobby and yeah. how you documented it all on YouTube, and it grew into a thing. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So the reason I got into it, and it's soldering, which is basically mini welding. I know how to regular weld too, but not very well. Uh, I used to work as a sales engineer, like I said, right out of college for an industrial automation and controls distributor and integrator. When I was there, I started utilizing LinkedIn as a sales tool and just kind of a way to build my personal brand and get more recognition for the company I was working for. So I could do more warm calls rather than cold calls. And I thought it would be a good way to cast a wide net. Now, when I was doing that and posting all of our products and and the demos, I got a bit of a following and it started to be to the point where people expected content from me. And then I quit that job and I started at Knowles and I was no longer in sales. I I didn't have a reason to post. I didn't have any cool demos anymore. And I just kind of went like dark for seven months. And I I was like, I I don't know what to say, guys. Like, I'm sorry, I'm still here, but I don't have demos. And so I thought, you know, I really miss having this community to interact with. I miss creating content, having something to show, like, because I was showing not only my products, but how I was learning them, how I was getting to know them better, Mm. how I was excited about them. (laughs) So I thought, what can I do from my home office that is close enough to manufacturing, but I don't need, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I came across soldering and I thought this would be a fun thing to do where I could document my journey of learning it. It's technical. It's fun. It's a useful skill. And so I got back on LinkedIn again. I'm like, Hey, what's up guys? I'm soldering now. And they're like, yeah, you are. And they were all just (laughs) like, you're, you're so like, you're learning. You're not great yet, but we love that you're honest about it. And anytime I would post an update, everyone would be like, you're getting so much better. We're so proud of you. And so, <laughs> wow. You had this whole fan base of yeah. just positivity. I love it. <laughs> exactly. So it just kind of became a thing where I knew I wanted to make videos again, but I just didn't know what. And so it was kind of like my intermediate placeholder of a proof of concept for, hey, if you know a company wants to pay me to make videos, here's my approach of how I would do it, but mm-hmm. without directly saying that. So it was a nice show of capabilities while also keeping it fun and light. And worst case scenario, I picked up a new skill. 
Yeah. So I want to circle back to that industrial automation company that I'm sure was so sad to lose you. <laughs> um, so they weren't necessarily saying, hey, Salesforce, you should post on LinkedIn and here's some content assets. It, it, it sounds like you were very uh, aware that LinkedIn is a shortcut for me. It's a good way to build mm-hmm. trust. I'm just going to proactively go do this. Mm-hmm. Um, what What do you think, you know, now looking back, if you were the marketer in that organization, do you see an opportunity where they could have enabled sales to follow your model or measured how it was working for you and kind of use it as a case study? So it's, I, I'm going to answer this not exactly how you think I would. Okay. Let me put it this way. My biggest customer right now on a monthly basis is their direct competitor. So their direct competitor saw what I did and they're like, we need this. So now I create content. I run their LinkedIn page. I do all the things that I wanted to do for the other company, but they weren't in a position where they felt ready for that. And they felt really nervous around personal brands or anything Mm -hmm. that wasn't perfectly controlled by the company. And now their competitor pays me a lot of money to do that for them. So Mm -hmm. I think that they would benefit from it, but their marketing was a little bit outdated and they were just so we've been doing it a certain way. We like doing it this way that it was too intimidating for them at the time. Perhaps yeah. now, you know, a year and a half later, they're thinking um, maybe it's a good idea, but I haven't seen anything from them. The turnover is really high there. So they don't have a lot of employees that stay long enough to typically get to grow that aspect of it. And I, I'm not really sure what happened to the marketing person because I haven't seen anything posted on LinkedIn in like a year. So not sure what's going on. I hope they're okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I have found that I got a lot of business creating content for their competitors and it fits their business style very well. Yeah. And, and, you know, we hear about influencer marketing and think of mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian, you know, (laughs) think of some celebrity hawking some B2C products, but this is Mm -hmm. such a wonderful example of no, uh, there's relevance uh, in our industry for this type of role. Um, But also for brands to think about, do I build this in-house? Do I have this following? Um, What person is it attached to? And Mm -hmm. what might that person's longevity be with the company? So do I try to do this with an executive that I know is going to have you know, long career here, as well as a grassroots with sales. Uh, You know, what would be your advice to that marketing director trying to, you know, tease out that answer? Yeah. So it's so difficult, like you said, because you don't know who's going to stay long-term. So the approach I've been taking with my customers is I'll have it to where I come in and I'm creating the content for them, but I use like almost every outside salesperson in the videos. That way, you know, say half them stay, half of them go, at least there's like still the half that's there that we're building their personal brands that, and not everybody picks up on it well, or wants to do it. So the more content you make, the more you phase out who's really interested and who's committed and then who's not. So I think it's kind of a numbers game of you cast your wide net and you say, all right, everybody, let's try this. And you keep trying to get them in the rhythm and then see who sticks with it. But luckily I've, I've had some of my customers where shockingly, you know, you think only the young people will stick with it, where it's actually, Actually, the oldest people on their sales team have picked it up the best. Like the ones in their 60s are like, yeah, this is great. We love doing this. Like they repost everything. They're creating original posts. They make the videos. And I would say, you know, embrace the personal brands because that's the person you're sending to their door, but still do it like 
as a group as well, in case you lose a couple people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that we'll see even a, a greater growth in this area as you have people trying to churn out generic content, util, utilizing AI engines, you know, now <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to see this swing back to, okay, I know it's Jordan, you know, I know mm-hmm. this person, I trust this person. You can tell it's original thought and points of view from her, uh, versus this, you know, generic blog. So, uh, definitely an interesting shift happening. Yeah. Uh, That's why I like video because you can only fake it so much with AI. Like maybe you can make a script, but everything I do is unscripted. So I don't think AI could, you know, regenerate my chaos because it's just hard (laughs) to capture map out. It's kind of like, I'll put the product down and I'm like, how do you feel about this? And then I'll just do an interview on the spot. Like we don't prep too much. I'm like, I hope they know their product. And then we just go from there because I think the ways I use AI though, is maybe if I'm trying to do a catchier email heading or something like that. But with my customers, we would never do like a email generated blog post because it's, or a AI generated blog post because one, most of them don't have blogs and two, it's just like, why bother? Like, why would you even do that? I I, I don't see the point. Yeah. It'd be very generic. <laughs> exactly. It would it, be a waste it, of effort. By design, right? Yeah. By design. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're using a lot. It's a great brainstorm tool, you know? Um, yes. I, I think I'm covering this topic appropriately, but what other ideas, how would you approach this? And, oh, okay, let me explore more or, you know, finding data points, but heaven forbid, let's make sure to check those sources, right? <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I, I love using it for an outline because I mean, sometimes even in my role at Knowles, you know, I'll think about like, how do I want to say this? And I recently, like, I struggle because I do a lot of research and I'm like, how do I want to put my thoughts together to deliver it to someone else? And so I'll be like, here's what I'm trying to say. Help me say this so somebody else understands. And I'll just rephrase what I'm saying. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But it's hard when you do such technical things that it's like, the chance of it being wrong is so much higher than it being right that it really can be mostly used as an outline more than anything. Yeah, that's very true. That's a an interesting part of our of our industry, right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's dive in more about your role at Knowles. Tell me about a day in the life of Jordan <laughs> Yates, marketing engineer. <laughs> yeah. So it's so much more engineer than marketing because I'm on the technical marketing team with my boss Peter, who you know very well, and most of our job is just research. So it's kind of my job to be the power electronics expert. And he does more of the communication side. And I just look at applications where our specialty capacitors belong. And then I have to take all that information and then break it down in a way that I can deliver it to an engineering team and say, Hey, R and D here's some opportunities we should be looking at. Here's places I think we fit. They're like, okay, cool. And then the hard part is when I'm like bringing it to the sales guys who aren't as technical. And I'm like, Hey, here's how you can understand this. So you know who to go after for your customers. And then they're like, cool. And then a lot of times I get follow-ups of like, wait, what does this actually mean? So a big part of it is trying to take really technical information, break it down to be, I guess, more digestible. Mm -hmm. And then of course, there's the part where we do the blog posts, which is where we work with you guys and do a lot of spec docs there. And that's, honestly pretty fun. It's a nice way to check something off my list quickly. And your team is so freaking good. Like I cannot 
rave enough about um, how fast you guys are and how good the quality is. And it makes my job a lot easier in creating content because that's my main content stream right now is doing a lot of the blog posts and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then aggregating that into gated content, which I know has been another really successful tactic for you guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's go back to, so when, when you've identified, okay, these, these are the products I'm focusing on. I know my markets. Tell mm-hmm. me about messaging those products product families or individual products. What is your process that you take to do that? Yeah. So there's a lot of different, uh, reports we get that will tell us, you know, what's going on in the industry. And our first thing typically is we'll have a monthly call with the sales guys and they'll say, Hey, we heard of this thing. Is this real? And sometimes it'll be like fuel cell electric vehicles where it's like, it's probably not much going on in the market, but it's interesting to know about, but it'll be like electric vehicles. Obviously these are coming more and more into the scene and we need to know how they work. We need to break it down system by system, find out where they go. And then we think, what would a customer be wanting to read to know that this is a place who understands the application that I can go to for my specialty capacitor. So it's kind of like thinking inversely. And I, I break down the application and I'll get so, so deep into it to something where it's like somebody has to have been an engineer to know to look at this specific thing. And then I'll try to pull out what I think the customer would want to know to know that we're experts. So it's basically trying to make them think we're experts because we are and find a way to communicate that. And then that's how we come up with blog ideas. And it'll be something as like tiny as snubber capacitors for silicon carbide MOSFETs in a power supply inside an electric vehicle. And it's so, so deep down, but these concepts really speak to the people who are designing in their systems. I mean, that's, that's the thing about electronic components, right? They fit in many industries, many applications, many sub applications. And so the more relevant you can be, the more very, very specific, like you just described, the the better you do, right? It's speaking exactly to that engineer, but it takes having that specialized knowledge and then having the resources in time to go down to that level. Um, I'll get questions often about well, okay, should I go more horizontal and just talk about the features of my product and let the engineer mm-hmm. figure out how to use it? And I'm, I'm always being the naysayer on that strategy. Say that's that strategy is okay, but that's kind of like the table stake, like having a yeah. data sheet on your product. You have to go vertical. Vertical. You have to show different applications where this product could be used, and you're not going to have a total coverage, right? Uh, but enough yeah. to give that flavor, to get traction on SEO, to get the EV design engineers to look at you, and they may put you somewhere different, but at least that inspired them, right? Exactly. And our SEO is so, so good. I I know it's like a big part, you guys, and then a big part are more traditional marketing people on our team, but sometimes it's so good. It's frustrating because like I'm trying to research a topic and our blogs keep coming up and I'm like, I already know this stuff. I wrote this. Like, I don't need to see this. Oh, you poor thing. I need to find different resources. I know we're too good. It it impedes me, but (laughs) I, I, I'm always so impressed with like the traditional marketing people on our team. And I feel like I've learned so, so much from them because I had some marketing and sales experience before, but it was more of like the big picture, more sales side, but actually Mm -hmm. learning the specific tactics of marketing inside such a big company has been so cool to learn from our team. 
Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Well, uh, you guys, the fact that you can go really deep in so many subject matters, that's, that's what helps you in SEO, right? You're not staying (laughs) at surface level, uh, because that generic content is the killer, especially now with all of the changes that Google's made. So go Knowles. Well, let's talk about some of the other, um, other things you've been working on. One thing I know is you are looking to make technical content more interesting. So a lot of people don't think that's possible. (laughs) Tell me, tell me, what is your process? So I think I'm lucky because the bar is so low. And so honestly doing like anything is like, wow, that is impressive. So it's only a matter of time before the industry catches up and I'm going to have to work a little harder. But I think my tactic right now is trying to find a personal connection to whatever I'm talking about. So I, I had this realization the other day I was out in the garden pulling weeds. It's like a hundred degrees. And I was talking to my boyfriend and it was like, I don't know if I actually like some of this stuff or if I've just convinced myself so deeply that I do that I actually like it. Because to me, if you want to make something interesting, you have to convince yourself you love it. And then you have to convey that love to other people. So for instance, like a variable frequency drive, it's a very dry subject. If we're being honest, you know, you take in power, you make it clean, whatever, But when I am going to make a video on a variable frequency drive, I think to myself, like, how is this actually making somebody's life easier? And so a exercise I've done once on my podcast and then for some of my customers is I do something called love letters to technical content. So for instance, if it were a variable frequency drive and I would pretend I'm the person using it and that I'm writing a love letter to the drive. And I would say something like, oh, drive, like, I love how you have smoothed out our power. You're so amazing at it. Like down to the the board with your components, you're so high quality. Like you've made my life so much easier. I don't have to change out the breakers as much and just like really like acting like you're in love with this drive. And then you pull yourself out and you sit down to make that video. And you're like, I actually feel really good about this product. I feel (laughs) excited about it. And then when you make the video, it really comes through because excitement is so contagious. So that's kind of like my, how I get in the headspace for it. And I try to do that with my customers and a lot of them are men. So I dial back on the love and I'm more like, imagine you're using this, but I I think that's a fun way to kind of like trick yourself into getting more excited about something that's more dry, if that makes sense. (laughs) And it sounds way more excited than exciting than user benefits, like persona, how are personas? Why do they find that interesting? What's the FAB on this? So, uh, I, I like that. I think there's something to that. So, um, so we can find love letters to electronics, like <laughs> yeah. scattered all about your place. <laughs> exactly. And I know it's so, so silly, but some people, you know, really do love this stuff and they just need to practice saying it out loud because that's another thing is trying to get engineers on camera can be rough. And so sometimes I have to be like, I'm not recording. And then I'm like, press record. And I'm like, tell me what you like. And then we'll have to like piece together the footage of them, like actually being excited because sometimes when you sit them in front of the camera, they're just sweating buckets and they're like, Oh, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, just tell me why you love it. Tell me why it's great. And I I think just kind of like taking a step back and like you said, not drilling on features and benefits because 
those should be inherent qualities in your product. And they're probably not that much more impressive than your competitors. So like, stop focusing on that and try to make this dry stuff personal. And that's where you start to win. Okay. Good advice. <laughs> well, uh, it, we have some content marketers listening and or industrial marketers to people in this space and they want to inspire sales. They want to inspire potential future customers. Uh, any parting pieces of advice for them on either tactics they should try or other than the love letter, uh, <laughs> other, other ways they can inspire people to pay more attention. I would say start by doing something because I know a lot of people in this industry, they're just afraid to start. Don't worry about it being perfect. Just get out there, be consistent, be genuine and have just, you know, some sort of branding attached to whatever you're doing. And if you keep doing it over time, it's going to pick up traction. And then of course, you know, if you want to have a super awesome, highly technical blog, reach out to true and they will hook you up. They are amazing. 10 out of 10 recommend. And then, yeah, I, I would say get on socials, encourage your team and remind them what's in it for them because they do have a lot of personal benefits. It's not just for the benefit of the company. Great. Thank you, Jordan. And if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Um, I would say LinkedIn is the best place. Just connect with me there. Jordan Yates, a marketing engineer, and I, I should be pretty easy to find, I think. <laughs> and then you can see all your fun videos on soldering yes. and all sorts of things. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on Content Marketing Engineered. For show notes, including links to resources, visit truemarketing.com slash podcast. While there, you can subscribe to our blog and our newsletter and order a copy of my book, Content Marketing Engineer. Also, I would love your reviews on this podcast. So please, when you get a chance, subscribe and leave me your review on your favorite podcast subscription platform. Thanks and have a great day.